friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. I'm so pleased to have you with me today. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. And this episode is going out for the first week of Advent. So I'm super, super, super excited to have you with me as we now move towards Christmas. And what I would love to do today is land uh, the little series of episodes that we've done just exploring things that Jesus never said and there's a lot of things that are acclaimed to be said by Jesus things that are claimed to not be said by Jesus uh, and you know the Bible is the ultimate conclusion for that you know what does the Bible actually say? Uh, I mean, is where we've got to head to. Uh, but when I kind of land this, I, I may pick some more up in the future because uh, you guys have been texting me, uh, tweeting me, Instagramming me, private messaging me, saying, "Hang on, Chris, love this little series. Jesus never said. Um, are you going to cover uh, that Jesus never said that he was God? Are you going to cover that?" Because that seems to be a big thing. Jesus never passed those words from his mouth. I am God. So I want to explore that with us today just to kind of land this little series. And I will be coming back to some more Jesus never said because I just think it's really interesting and fun to, to look at some of those things. But we're going to look at again today just another one. Jesus never said that I am God. Those words never left his mouth. Therefore, what do we do with that? You see... I live and minister in a very Muslim neighborhood, 65% Bengali. Uh, so, assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Um, the neighborhood that I live in, we are, we are predominantly a Muslim neighborhood in East London, Tower Hamlets. And this is a big thing that comes up all the time. They will say to me, but Jesus isn't God. He never claimed to be God. He never said he was God. You've put that on him. He never actually made those claims himself. In fact, Jesus is just a prophet and a good man. And Muslims would really struggle with uh, identifying Jesus as uh, the son of God or God himself, God incarnate. So what do we do with that? Because in some ways they're right. Jesus never passed those words across his lips. I am God. Therefore, they would say, we win. Uh, we've proved it. Jesus isn't God. But friends, there are many ways of saying something without saying something. Uh, and that's what we're going to explore today. Uh, who did Jesus claim to be? Now, there are other episodes exploring this um, in, uh, you know, if you want to trawl back through past episodes, there are other episodes and I don't want to tread old ground. So I'm not going to tread a whole ground. I want, I want to say some new things on this. Uh, so I'm going to explore some of the ways that we can conclude that Jesus is actually who he claims to be and that, that actually he did believe he was God. Uh, and why uh, do we know that he believed it? So that's where we're heading today. So looking forward to jumping into this and we'll do that right away. So friends, here we go. Jesus never said, I am God. So here we go. Jesus never said, I am God. There's lots of things that are missing from the Bible that we as Christians would believe. Um, Jesus never said that I am God is one of them. Jesus never said, I created the universe. Uh, Jesus never said, I'm higher than the government. Uh, Jesus never said, worship me. Jesus never said, pray to me. Jesus never said, go to church. 
Jesus never said, read the Bible. And Jesus never said, hate the sin, but love the sinner. These are all things that Jesus never said. And if you're confronted uh, with one of those facts, be prepared to offer a defense. You know, why is it you believe those things to be true? Because Jesus, he never said them. He never said those things. But the truth is, they are fully true anyway. Just because Jesus didn't say them doesn't mean that they're not true. Neither does it mean that Jesus didn't infer them or give some direction into that, even if those specific words didn't leave his mouth. And there are many ways of saying stuff without saying stuff. You can say stuff by the way that you glare at somebody. Uh, You may have been sat on the tube or on a train or a bus or at work and somebody gives you a look. A look can communicate more than any words can do. So there are different ways of communicating. There is words where you actually say what's in your head. There are actions. Uh, Your lived out behavior communicates something. So, um, you know, let's just look at my marriage for a moment. Uh, I do tell Becky I love her. Don't worry, any listeners. I do say I love you. But actually, I say I love you more through my actions than I do maybe through my words. And I choose to daily tell her that I love her. But I choose to show her that love by certain behaviours as well. Um, You know, I will make her a a coffee every morning uh, at breakfast. Uh, I will, um, you know, we run a coffee shop attached to our church. And, you know, halfway through the day, I might think to myself, oh, I'll get Becky a coffee delivered to her. She's sat in a meeting right now. I'll get coffee delivered. There are different ways of communicating love, birthday presents, Christmas cards, little text messages uh, that just show that you're there and you're interested. So there are different ways, not just words, there are actions. And I would also describe some of these actions as commitments, Uh, the commitments you make to someone in the way that you choose to regularly pay a bill or the way that you choose to organise something for someone. Those commitments, well, they communicate a message. And the other way that you can communicate a message through is through predictions. So one way that you can come to conclude something is that when there's a set of predictions made uh, and then the, an event happens and then you look back and actually the, the, the predictions fulfill uh, what happened. Um, you know, in, in some ways you could say marriage vows are an interesting one. You make these commitments, these predictions about the way that you're going to live. And then when you live them out, it shows um, that you are doing what you've said. Uh, you know, there are predictions in the scriptures. So there are, there are many different ways of communicating something without actually saying it. And this is really important because my Muslim brothers and sisters around me, they are their deepest argument against Jesus is that he never said, I am God. And they say, if Jesus had said that, then I would have believed that he was God, but he never said that. 
And one of the issues is they've never, many of them have never even read the scriptures. So don't actually know what Jesus did say about himself. They don't know the titles that he gave himself. They don't know the stories of his behavior and his actions and his commitments. They don't know the, the predictions and prophecies that he fulfilled. So they're just simply saying, well, did Jesus say the words, I am God? And if he didn't, then he isn't. He never claimed to that be, be that. He never believed that about himself, therefore he didn't. As it's not as straightforward as that. And we've said this in other podcast episodes, it's not as straightforward as that, partly because Jesus is Jewish and Jesus does not speak in words. He speaks in pictures. He paints pictures. He invites us into pictures. We see Jesus through stories, uh, encountering people. And these parables, these stories, these moments, these these. Um, engagements with people all say something about who Jesus believed he was and I argue that I believe that Jesus is God uh, not only uh, by what he said but, but also by what he didn't say at times by the actions that he lived out so I'm just going to explore some of the things here for us so Jesus never said that I am God but Jesus did say I am God through other other means. Let me just explain that predictions just uh, for a moment. So first, the Old Testament predicted that the Messiah was to come and that this Messiah would be God in human form. The Messiah, the saviour, the one that was coming to liberate God's people is predicted about. And a number of these predictions link the Messiah to not just being um, a human being saviour, but being God saviour. And this is what's really important about the book of Isaiah. There are um, some who claim to be Messiah, who were called Messiah, uh, who never claimed to be God because they were Messiah in, in humanness. Uh, they were saviors in humanness. They were great heroes of the Jewish faith. Uh, so some would argue that Moses was a Messiah figure. So Messiah uh, was, was not specifically a title for a God being, but was a title for somebody who was God's liberator, God's um, messianic uh, uh, warrior in, in some terms. And, and that's what confused people because many of the messiahs that had come before Jesus, they'd come with a sword in their hand and Jesus didn't. But that's because Jesus is fulfilling prophecies such as Isaiah 9, 6. It says uh, he came, um, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And this is a prophecy for the Messiah that was to come, the Messiah that baby Jesus at the end of Advent will come to fulfill. And this prophecy prophesies that he's going to be a counsellor, one who defends in the court of law, the one that ministers to us in our need. He is going to be a God, specifically mighty God. He's going to be God in flesh, God in human form of some description. We're told he's, uh, he's everlasting father, father God, and we're told he's the prince of peace, the prince of shalom. The one shalom is the bringing about of all things back to perfection. So Messiah would be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. You cannot neglect, it says there, mighty God. Messiah coming. The prediction was that Messiah would be God. He wouldn't just be the true Messiah, 
that the ultimate Messiah uh, would be would be God. Uh, it, I don't want to say in human form because that's not what it's saying here. But this Messiah will be fully God. And that's really important to hold on to that. The fully Godness of Messiah. Let's then explore just the New Testament for a moment. See, in the New Testament, um, this idea of the divinity of Jesus is riddled through the Gospel of John. And John 1, chapter 1 sets out uh, this and tells us that Jesus is the Word of God uh, and that he was God. Uh, See, Jesus often referred to himself as the Son of God, making himself equal to God the Father. This uh, idea uh, in Western society is that sonship is you are one below the Father. Dad is the matriarch and the son then uh, is below him. But actually in Eastern culture, uh, in this idea of maleness, uh, what you had was this idea that sons and fathers, sons were the continuation of the father. Uh, so if you have Father God and Jesus is the son of the Father God, then he is the continuation of. Let me just read this to you. This is John chapter 11, verse 4. Uh, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. It is not for God's glory. So, no, it is for God's glory. So God's son may be glorified through it. And it's interesting that Jesus is calling himself God's son. So Jesus never said, I am God. In fact, he didn't really use the phrase God at all. He talked about the Father. He, he, he talked about uh, the Almighty. Um, we have slightly different language in the sense that uh, Jesus uses uh, t Jewish terminology and names for God uh, rather than the, the word God. We tend to use the word God more than the name. Uh, of God. So, you know, we would say that the God of the Old Testament is Yahweh, Yo-Heh-Vah-Heh. Um, but Jesus would never have used that, never used that at all. So Jesus calling himself the Son of God uh, is making a uh, statement about his divinity. It, that's what he's doing. So let's just look then at a few other little bits and pieces. Jesus accepted the disciples' worship. If Jesus didn't think he was God, he would not accept the worship uh, of the disciples. Angels never accept uh, the worship of those that are before them. They always say, you know, no. Um, and, they, you know, they're the messengers of God. Uh, so Jesus never commanded the disciples, worship me. But he really accepted the worship of anybody that would give it to him. Uh, you think about Mary Magdalene uh, anointing the feet of Jesus. It was an act of worship. And if somebody tried to worship an angel, the angels always rebuked or stopped that person since angels were not worthy of worship. By accepting worship, Jesus is declaring that he is worthy of it. And the only one in the Jewish faith that was worthy of worship was God himself, divinity. So Jesus accepted the worship of his disciples. And the declaration of others uh, that he was the son of God. He accepted that. He never challenged 
that. Let me just read this to you. This is John 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. Uh, and when he found them, he said, so this, they've thrown out a, a guy that had been healed. Uh, do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you, are, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Worship Jesus. And Jesus didn't stop him from worshipping because Jesus knows that he's worthy of the worship. Now that phrase, son of man, that troubles some of us because we don't understand where it is from. You see, for us, the son of dot, 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 uh, it means you're the child, you are the biological child of and how you end that god well you're the biological child of god uh, son of man i'm the biological child of man we would we would read this phrase uh, son of man and we would see it as well that's jesus not saying he's defined that's god saying he's a child of humanness but the reality is that this phrase son of man comes from the book of daniel and to understand it uh, is to to come to this reality that, that the Son of Man was a term and a terminology used uh, almost interchangeably for Messiah, the one that God was going to send that was going to be the Almighty, was going to be the Messiah. Son of Man uh, was a phrase that deemed someone's uh, hierarchy, not just in the physical realms, but in, in the senses of the spiritual realms as well. The phrase son of man is a title, in other words, and it is a title for someone who was going to be Messiah uh, and, and play the messianic figure. So the fact that Jesus is saying, I am uh, the son uh, of man, uh, the, the man that he's talking to recognizes and understands what that means. Uh, he's understanding that Jesus is someone to worship. Jesus is someone uh, that is tied up uh, in the divine act of salvation and um, that that he was hoping and dreaming for as a Jew. So when Jesus uses this title, who is he, sir? He says, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus says, you have now seen him. In fact, the one in front of you, the one that is speaking to you, uh, is with you is the son of man the man said lord i believe and he worshiped him so the fact that jesus allows this man to worship him allows this man to know that he is the son of man uh, is just helpful for us because it means that jesus uh, is allowing something to happen that that is only possible because of who he is and if he wasn't who he claimed to be, then he wouldn't have allowed this to happen. So Jesus accepted the disciples and other people's worship. And in the accepting of it, he's doing so because he knows that he is uh, worthy of it. So the other thing I just want to draw out is this. Jesus tells us to pray to him. Um, Jesus never says pray to me in those direct words. Uh, but this is roughly what jesus is saying jesus always 
uh, deferred to his father. He introduced the disciples, uh, uh, instructed the disciples uh, to pray to the father. But he does so saying to, to do it, praying through Jesus. So John 14, 13 says this, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. So here you have Jesus saying, pray through me to the father uh, because by by doing so you will you'll get your prayer brought to the divine and you will have answer and and because so that because you do this the father will be glorified in the son so that jesus will become to know you pray to me and and you'll get answered to prayer and and doing so will show the world in other words that the father is also in me that the father is active in me so jesus may not have said pray to me but he made it clear that prayer to god was to to go through himself which tells us that he believed he had authority in equal form uh, to the father and since he is the son of god he is worthy of the praise that we would we would offer um so what you see here is jesus is tangling himself up with the father because the trinity is this beautiful tangled upness of god three persons uh, one being and jesus is tying himself up uh, to the father praying to me because when you pray to me it'll go to the father and then the father will be glorified in me it's all tangled up because it's because Jesus is understanding that this is who he is. He is he is God in flesh. Therefore, to access the divine, you play to Jesus uh, and then you have access to. So Jesus did things only God could and would do. And in prayer, Jesus is saying, pray through me uh, because by doing so, uh, you will you know have your a prayer answered and it's in the same way that jesus um is the one that forgives sin jesus says that he's forgiven sin because he's he's able to do that a prophet wasn't able to do that a good man wasn't able to do that a pharisee couldn't do that a rabbi couldn't do that uh, you know in the sense of messiah a mess, messiah figure moses as a messiah figure couldn't have done that only jesus was able to do that uh, and therefore, this was revealing when Jesus forgave sins. It, it's him revealing that deeper nature that he is also divine. And there are things in the Gospels as well that Jesus may not use the words, uh, I am God. Uh, but in the very actions that he did, he's revealing actually that he is God. So when I was talking about sometimes your actions or sometimes your behaviour, uh, reveal something to be true this is what jesus is doing so let me just read this to you job 9 8 he alone who's he god so he alone god uh, god alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea so according to job only god can tread on the waves of the sea and then Psalm 107 says, he stilled the storm to a whisper and hushed the waves to silence. So only God can walk on water, can tread the seas. Only God will uh, still the storm to a whisper. 
what do we see Jesus doing? Jesus does this by walking on water, by stilling the storms. Jesus' actions are proclaiming who he is without the need of a word to explain it. And we totally miss this. So to go back to my Muslim friends for a moment, uh, Jesus never said that he was God. Jesus never said the words, I am God. Don't try to force him to, to answer the question in the way that we want him to answer it. Jesus is answering the question, who was he, all the time. He does it by walking on water. Uh, he does it by stilling the storm. He does it through the resurrection. You know, all of these moments are declaring who Jesus is without using words. So, is there a moment then where Jesus makes an outright claim to be God? The answer is, if you're looking for him to answer the question, did Jesus say the words, I am God, then the answer is no. But is there other ways that Jesus is making an outright claim about who he is? See, Jesus didn't have to make an outright claim to his divinity because he let his works and his words speak in a way that his disciples could make this discovery themselves. Jesus knew that if he was to say, I am God, then people would spend time debating with him if that was true. But if Jesus just got on with being God, doing the stuff that God would do, then he didn't need to argue with people about who he was. It would be revealed to them and they would know who he was by what he had done. And this is exactly what the disciples did. did. Uh, they, it was unraveled to them over a period of time as they started to realise who Jesus was. But there were times, friends, when Jesus did make um, it very plain about who he believed to be. Um, so let's just look at Jesus called the Father greater than all. And then in the same breath, Jesus says, and I and the Father are one. So John 10, 29 to 30. My Father who has given uh, them to me is greater than all, Jesus says. The Father is greater than all. Nobody can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then verse 30 of John chapter 10, Jesus says this. I and the Father are one. So Jesus is making a claim here of his oneness with Father God. Jesus is making a claim that the Father and he himself are one. They're unified. They're bonded and bound together as as the oneness of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord your God is one. Deuteronomy. This... uh, proclamation of the oneness of God and Jesus here saying I and the Father are one therefore Jesus is making a claim for who he is does he use the word I am God no but he is placing himself in the Godhead and 
Therefore, to my Muslim friends, when they say Jesus never claimed to be God, the answer to them is simply that is not true. Jesus does claim to be God because like John 10, I and the Father are one. Jesus talks about being uh, in the Godhead. He talks about the Father and he talks about um, himself as part of that Godhead in a very particular way. So is there a direct claim? In the Gospel of John, we are told that the Jews immediately took up stones to throw at Jesus when he said the following statement. Before Abraham was, Jesus says, I am. That's John chapter 8, 58. You'll notice that a lot of my examples today are all coming from the Gospel of John because the Gospel of John is set up to make the argument that Jesus was the Son of God. John is setting up his, his gospel in that way and that there are signs and wonders throughout the whole thing that are pointers to who Jesus really is. So before Abraham was, I am. Where does the phrase I am come from? It comes from the story of Moses and the burning bush. Moses has been told to set the captives free. And Moses says, okay, that's fine, but how will people know uh, which God I'm representing? Because in Egypt, there were hundreds of gods, snake gods and uh, cattle gods and frog gods. And Moses recognizes he, if he walks in there and says, God has sent me, they're going to say, well, which God? And Moses is like, well, which God is it I'm speaking to here? The God from the burning bush, who are you? And God says, I am the great I am, the Hebrew, and the way they translate that is to simply translate it as I am, pure existence. So when Jesus says before Abraham was, I am, Jesus is tying himself into being the same as the God at the burning bush, the God that you meet in the burning bush, I am. Uh, the God that created the world, I am. Jesus is tying himself into uh, that understanding, that Jewish understanding of who Father God was, creator God was. So does Jesus ever use the word, I am God? No. But he is constantly, as you can see um, through these scripture readings, Jesus is all the time tying himself into the Godhead. He's tying himself into the divine because he wants you and I to know who he really is. And he does that using Jewish language. Uh, we cannot demand that Jesus answers the questions that we want him to answer the way we want him to answer them. We have to take Jesus on his own terms, using the phraseology that he wants to use uh, to help us understand whom he claimed to be. Did Jesus believe that he was one with God? The answer is yes. Before Abraham was, I am. In John 10, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Um, so you can't get away from the fact that Jesus believed he was a part of this Godhead, this divine being from the divinity of God. 
however we want to understand that and explore that is 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 down to uh, you know down to us but jesus is being very clear in whom he believed uh he was so jesus never said i am god no but he said that he and the father were one he said pray to the father through jesus because by doing so you bring glory to jesus jesus will become known for who he is in other words and then um jesus quite clearly numbers of times through the scriptures allowing people to worship him lord i believe and he worshiped him john 9 38 these passages are all revealing by behavior who jesus thought he was so friends i hope you find that interesting and i hope it's a little bit of an equipping toolkit for when you have those conversations with people jesus never claimed to be god maybe now you might have a little bit more of an argument to make clear that yes he was god he was who uh, he was behaving to be uh, not necessarily using the words that you and i want him to use uh, but his actions walking on water his actions of calming the storm all of this is just revealing who he is because of the prophetic word found elsewhere in scripture friends i pray that you found that interesting and helpful kind of educational and uh, i am so excited about future episodes we've got some really fun special guests coming up in the coming weeks which i know you are going to absolutely love so friends until next time grace and peace have a great week and have a fantastic advent <laughs>